You're listening to the Fortnite Podcast with your hosts, Monster Deface and Michael Pan. Available on Spotify, Apple Music, and all other podcast streaming platforms. What up, what up, what up, and welcome to another episode of the Fortnite Podcast. Your host here, Monster Deface, and today we have Life with Panda and Somebody's Gun joining us back for another episode. Um, let's kick it off with Panda, my man. How was your uh, last couple weeks, man? Seems like you've been busy. I've been busy, man. I've been moving into a new place. So I moved from New Jersey over to North Carolina, actually really close to where Gun's at right now. We went out to lunch the other day, um, but honestly excited with the move. Uh, tons of great stuff coming in 2022. Got an entire room dedicated to streaming and, and some of the things that I, I have in motion right now for this room is going to be pretty incredible. Hey, love to hear that. And then, you know, you kind of just touched on it. You and SMG linking up in person. I'm a little jealous. <laughs> uh, you know, it sounds like SMG is becoming more and more of a perfect fit here for this show. Uh, talk to me, somebody's gun. How, how, how have you been? Been well, man. Hey, Monster, you're more than welcome to join us. I know you're a few exactly. miles away, but hey, it ain't too far. Come for a weekend, a week, uh, something like that. Yeah, about that. No. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. Before I moved to Texas, or, or as I was planning my home purchasing, it was Texas, North Carolina, and uh, really just those two, honestly. You know, outside of North Carolina, like that was a, a, a top, I would say top two pick, like easily. Um, and if we almost pulled the trigger on it, if it wasn't for the little one and her school schedule and all that good stuff, like her already building friends here in the neighborhood, we probably would be in North Carolina. But that's not to say it's off the menu because, you know, we, uh, we're we nomads. We we like to travel here. And, dude, NC is looking like the place to be. Oh, it is. And um, they're, they're actually investing a lot back into esports, the state and, like, the local schools and stuff. So I'm excited to see how the next few years look with, North Carolina really trying to dive into esports and gaming. It yeah, should be yeah. awesome. And not to mention, like, taxes over there are pretty good. You know, I think it's a flat 5% state. You know, it's not like Texas in a sense. You get the 0% uh, to the state taxes. But, you know, that that is what it is. It's kind of a the decisions, decisions. Um, and, <laughs> and, yeah, the, the just talking about North Carolina before we move off the topic, uh, it's becoming more of an esports-centric hub as well, right? We had that big Halo yeah. tournament just go down there, and it looks like that's going to be one of the – uh, recurring places as far as venues uh go over there but um yo let's get into Fortnite, man before we do that though for our listeners at home thank you all for checking in with us via spotify dash radio or the apple podcast section wherever it is that you do decide to tune in from we appreciate you all welcome back to another episode of the Fortnite podcast today we are going to be kicking things off with a new competitive season because we do have that season kickoff with the new chapter three that came in by storm some might say uh panda take me through some of the i'd say early reviews of the new season okay so i mean look we we kind of talked about the new season and, and what it kind of entailed in the last episode now we get to talk about it from a competitive standpoint right it's been it's been weeks since the last podcast. We're here now. We've had the first competitive events of the season, the first official competitive events, I should say. And uh, unfortunately, it hit pretty uh, mixed reviews. I guess it would be a subtle way to say it. Um, the meta is just not fitting what the players were looking forward to. Now, uh, one of the biggest things, obviously, to talk about would be the Striker SMG and, and the um, lack of damage in the shotguns and and that mix in this meta has caused the pro scene to just go up in arms. I, I mean, we literally had people like Eclipse completely leave the game because of the way that it or the state that it's in right now. So 
it's definitely interesting uh to say the least but hopefully now that epic's back in office we see some 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 of that those changes come to play and, and next week is our first big update of the season um i'm hoping that some of that stuff gets fixed yeah and just to kind of touch on that you know you talk about comp season pretty much kicking off we're referring to the cash cups guys cash cups are now active again um i believe and correct me if i'm wrong we're like on a daily cash cup rotation right now or something close to it where we have um tournaments pretty regularly now returning uh smg would you would you be able to elaborate a little bit more on that yeah um sorry can you ask that question again uh, just just kind of referencing the whole cash cups returning to Fortnite. I believe that Epic stated that we are having, a, I guess, a more of a regular cadence now, right? With cash cups and kind of the comp scene coming back around now. Right. Yeah. I like the two cash cup or two round cash cup format. And I, I think it'll be exciting. I'm a little worried about how the the competitive scene is going to look once FNCS starts. I feel like we're going to be going every day, right? We have two days of solo cash cups, two days of trios or duos. Sorry, I'm stuck in last year. And then <laughs> we have at least two days of FNCS. We don't know the exact format. Typically it's three. That's a lot, a lot of stuff for, you know, us, but more importantly, the players. Yeah, that, that's what it was. So it was the fact that we're doing the two day cash cups, which makes it feel like we're really digging into the calendar or the weeks a lot more. So yeah, it's just more, I guess, of a competition for the players, right? Less time to kind of relax in between and work on practicing. Instead, you're pretty much competing around the clock and just kind of talking about the cash cup and how yesterday went down. It was just day one, but it was kind of the kickoff. A lot of new names up at the top and or somewhat, again, rising players, right? You have like Pam, Sue, and Fatch coming up at the top, taking first place. Again, these are just the kickoffs, right? So, you know, you do have somewhat of those W key style lobbies, big elimination games, etc. But um, we're missing a lot of the names that a lot of people probably want to see up at the top, right? Like Dayan clicks up at the top. They weren't quite there. Um, I think Peter Bot fell short of where he wanted to be. Um, even names like, you know, Booga not necessarily doing as good as they may have wanted to. So, Couple faces, couple names, not necessarily at the top right now. This could be an attribute to the season, right, Panda? We talked about how yeah. people are kind of complaining about the state of the game because the SMGs really forcing the, uh, I'd say the the hand of frustration here on the players. I <laughs> yeah, and Reesub actually did a video recently, and he and he touched on this topic, um, and and I really liked his his take on it, and it's that. The, the cash cups have always been that mindset of they don't matter, right? They, they aren't as important as scrims and focusing for FNCS. And, and now more than ever with the meta not fitting what the pros are looking for, it's making it less and less enticing for them to even participate. So we, we see these players, like you mentioned, like the Boogas of the world that, that aren't there at the top and more or less probably gave up at some point throughout because they just weren't feeling motivated enough to continue on in a, in a tournament format with the meta the way it is. So, again, it's it's tough to watch, uh, like especially when some of these pro players have so much potential and they could easily step up in these cash cups and do big things. But at the same time, you, you can't knock them for for not taking it as, as seriously as other things if that's really what they wanted to do. And here's one thing I do want to talk about. You know what's serious? When someone like Stretch, who is like, you know, at, at the core, pretty toxic on socials uh, regularly <laughs> against other pros and whatnot, actually tried yeah. to sit down and type out and articulate uh, his feelings, you know, somewhat professionally, or actually 
fully professionally. You know, he, he took the time to write his concerns from a professional player's perspective. Um, and he, I think, just hit the dart right in the middle of the target. He he laid out so many things. Um, and I encourage you all, if you are obviously fans of comp or Fortnite in general and want to see um, Stretch's perspective here, go check out his Twitter longer. Um, I mean, I even went out and was just like, yo, plus one, dude, this is something I can support. You know, normally I don't really engage with these guys when they complain about the season. But, hey, man, if you're going to take the time to write a constructive, proper kind of state of the game report, I definitely, definitely was really happy about that. Uh, in yeah, the end, kind of the tweet here, this is on January 10th, just FYI for anyone going back and kind of cycling through um, at Stretch to check it out. Go ahead, uh, SMG. So I think the important thing is, like you said, it wasn't just him complaining. It was like a genuine analysis from a player's perspective yes. as yeah. to what is wrong in his opinion on this season. And I think he really nails like every single key piece that a lot of people have put less eloquently on Twitter in, you know, 20 words. He, he really talks about like the key mechanics of the game and the different pieces that kind of make it exciting and fun and make people want to grind of kind of taking a back seat this season. And for all we know, we could be recording this and next week, the meta changes, none of this is relevant, but at this time, like it's a, a big deal. Pros are really feeling like they don't want to play this game. And it, it's kind of, in a strange state if nothing's done and to add to this like this season and, and the way that the map is and 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 some of the other stuff that they have going on like literally this season has the potential to be the best of all time right because the new map is incredible when it comes to rotations and cover and like the the biomes create these new and unique opportunities for these players but with the meta being what it is, it affects that mental of a pro player. And, and they aren't thinking about the, the, the pros, so to speak, of, of the new map and et cetera. They're thinking about all the cons. They're thinking about the things that ultimately are, are negative because inherently the community has always kind of gone forward to, to the negative. But now more than ever, because this meta, it, it, it can be pretty rough, but I still think there's a lot of room for growth. And I have a lot of faith that next week when that big update comes around, that we will see a huge meta change. Fingers crossed that everything goes into play before like February when uh, FNCS rolls back around. But man, it's 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 one of those things that is tough to watch. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, and, and Epic is no strangers of you know making I'd say some drastic changes about two weeks into FNCS comp again due to the player uproar. So depending on how we enter in, into the season, it'll kind of kick off what foot we get to start this all out on. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and read stretches. Uh, tweet here just so again you guys can kind of get a perspective this is not the the twit longer where he gives us pro player analysis this is more about afterwards um he says at the end of the day i'll play this game until i'm literally the last player left uh and will never quit i'm sure the same for many people but i want to be happy while playing and enjoying myself i've had fun every single season but right now it's just unenjoyable at the moment so that's kind of crazy to think about like again stretch is just saying like you know what i was able to deal with everything else the chaos it's, it's pretty fun like whatever you know he, he kind of took that light a uh, light-hearted perspective but when it comes down to the way smgs make players feel i think it genuinely just brings again peak frustration no one and i mean no one likes to get beamed uh through their walls through their builds they feel cheated out of the experience and that is what probably is the biggest upset because we all know when you're in the heat of the moment, when you're in those stacked end games, uh, those shots come flying. The server itself can barely keep up. That turbo build is not going to block the shots from coming through. And that's the big problem. 
SMG fire rate kind of just, yeah, it makes it so that people that aren't as skilled as you are quite literally blazing through your builds um, and taking advantage, taking you off the game. And yeah, it's a, it's a kind of removes the, the skill gap here, uh, which Fortnite of all competitive games, like let's just be honest, there's a, a tremendous skill gap uh, when you are yeah. one of the best of the best because of the building and the editing. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, I mean, look at it this way. Like, if you think about it from Fortnite's perspective just a little bit, they designed the SMG to be something that is equal to a shotgun, right? And I think every time that we've gotten an SMG that is equal to or better than a shotgun, it always has caused an uproar, despite the fact that that is the purpose of the SMG, right? Obviously, it's annoying to fight against or more annoying than a shotgun, right? but it still has a, roughly that same damage output as the, the better shotguns ever have. Now, one thing I will say is like, it's similar to the P90. We saw, we saw that, that P90 hit the, hit the scene literally, what was it? Chapter one, right? And I remember vividly watching Tim the Tatman pick that thing up and just rip through three players like it was nothing, right? And that's the vibe that I get right now with the Striker SMG. But... Epic, again, was quick to change that and quick to get that fixed. It's just a matter of figuring out and giving them some time to, to play test it and, and adjust it the way that it needs to be. And that's why I'm confident it'll come, especially considering they just got back from holiday break. It's not like it's something that they could just flip a switch, especially with all the other stuff that they have to hit as soon as they get back in office. Right, and and you know they have the data points. They they're able to see kind of the um, elimination stats right behind the SMG. They'll figure yeah. it out really quickly. Hey, this is staggeringly high. Um, we've watched third party tournaments kind of in between the off season here, and pros are just opting out of the shotgun completely. Uh, it's just straight SMG season right now, um, and we have to see if things get fixed. Not to mention MK7. We already knew it was going to be deadly. The low recoil, the easy kind of pattern to control especially in a professional player's hands they are just punishing one another and it kind of again takes the skill gap of the game of previous seasons where storm surge positioning and catching players out and kind of optimizing or capitalizing on those situations to get your little bit of surge was highly uh or highly involved strategy and preparation whereas now the uh the mk7 racks you up so many points for a player that kind of reveals themselves or is just battling in the distance that, um, yeah, it, it kind of removes the strategy side of the storm surge, which is in place to, again, create a little bit of balance to kind of cut down the lobby. So we're seeing all these little things. And I mean, it's, it's changing the way players are feeling because, you know, it's becoming less and less strategic. It is a little crazy. Like the MK, you just can delete someone before they can react. And from a good distance, too, based on the headshot damage, and if you're lucky enough to get that the mythic one, you're just deleted. So I would like to see some changes. It was interesting to see a weapon like the MK implemented, but I don't know that necessarily it works uh, within Fortnite. So I think it works. I just think it's definitely too much damage, right? Like, it's pretty clear that this... This, yeah, this it's pretty clear this weapon needs to have serious drop-off damage from a distance. Like, that, that like, I'm talking, like, major drop-off damage so that you can't, it, it shouldn't be used like a traditional AR, like, first-shot accuracy style uh, because, yeah. because of the way the red dot works. Like, so the, the damage is just through the roof. Um, so there's a couple tweaks that can happen there. Uh, just kind of referencing back to the stretch post, um, he ended up tagging our latest 
I guess, uh, Epic employee, right? Or maybe not employee, <laughs> contractor for now. Uh, but yeah. Hogman, who's who's basically an ex-professional player, now jumping on the Epic train on behalf of the comp, uh, comp community. What do you think about that, Panda? I'm excited, right? Like, it's funny because we've talked about this position in the past and, and, and the the idea of them trying to fill that with, with some of the people in the community. And, and we've, we've talked about how it has to be the right person to fill that. And I feel like Hogman is probably the best person they could have put in that position, right? Because of just his years of experience in the competitive scene. On top of that, the existing pro players know of his resume and they respect it. So having him join Epic is, is definitely a huge win for them. But we're, you know the community. They want to see huge results fast. And even with Hogman there, I don't think we're going to see these major changes to competitive right off the rip. Yeah, and just so you guys can get the official title, Associate Competitive Community Manager. Now, here's the thing, guys. Just because, like Panda said, Hogman is in this seat does not mean Hogman can say, all right, guys, shotgun, let's change this, let's do that. He is not you know, a part of the balancing team. He is only the, the representative, the forward-facing face now, one of the voices that will speak on behalf of competitive and obviously soldier for us on the back lines. At the end of the day, I'm pretty sure it's my boy Donnie Mustard who's got to make the calls here <laughs> or, you know, whomever, Tim Sweetie, like, you know, whatever. You know, the chain gets kind of crazy over at Epic, but some big dog has got to make the call for the, the direction of the game. Uh, Hogman is only there to, I guess, facilitate our voices bring those um, concerns forwards, right? And help us kind of push the comp community further. Um, maybe this even comes with some more support on socials for third-party organizers, right? There's a lot of things that Hogman now, being in this seat, can, uh, I guess, fill as far as the void, the the messaging, um, that communication that may have felt like we were, you know, stonewalled by Epic, right? You don't want, yeah. you never want the company to basically feel like uh, just a shell. You want to, you know, hopefully know that there are real people behind this brand here. And uh, in some way, shape, or form, your messages can resonate and or be communicated to them so we can get to some kind of endpoint or result for the game, right? And I, I think the biggest point, and I said this in my write-up, was simply the investment to bring someone like Hogman in. So not only are Epic and Fortnite, the competitive team saying these things but they're physically investing money from the company that proves that they do care what's going on within the community and are trying to bridge that gap like you mentioned they're trying to make the game better for the competitive community it's going to take some time i mean hey you just started what on monday we're now wednesday day three but yeah. I, I do overall think this is going to be an awesome piece and Hopefully he does a good job. I hope he does. I was gonna say it's only Monday day three, and he got probably the biggest impressions like <laughs> of the year based off of that stress. He's like, "Yo, Hogman, fix this!" You know, like already he's feeling. I'm sure the DMs flooding right now. He's logging into his email, like trying to figure out like all their different systems for work, and then Twitter just blowing up. Right. Yeah, the man's trying to get orientated into the company, <laughs> and and it's just, "Yo, fix these SMGs." Well, I was, looking, no. I was trying to look at the, the cash game. I could have swore I saw his name on there, but maybe I was tripping. You, you know, now that he is there and, and works with them, he can't participate in that stuff. So it's interesting from a mindset of that, like of the person like Hogman to, to make that decision to just completely step away from competitive. Because in reality, when you're an Epic employee, even if you are a contractor, you, you can't play the game competitively. It, it, it goes against it because 
in the background, people can, can think that you may have an unfair advantage, blah, 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 whatever the case may be. So realistically, Hogman made that choice and and hopefully it's the right choice for the community. I'm I'm excited to see the changes and and see what the potential of him joining Epic. But on the reverse note, it looks like somebody left somebody big and it's Ronaldo leaving NRG. Did you guys see this? Oh man, dude, Twitter. I, I, I couldn't believe it because nrg has built their brand honestly on the foundation of these fortnite players right like forward facing this is what has kind of allowed them to explode in the space and reach these new levels of legitimacy um you know ronaldo being one of those but before we get there i know we are running close on time here for smg smg was just jumping on to kind of give us a quick you know one two perspective on some topics he's got to go do some stuff let the people know why you're ditching us uh smg really quickly <laughs> oh uh well it's dog grooming time my dog's gotta get get taken care of but thank you guys for having me on um firing some quick shots a little quick left right and then i'm gonna get out of here so thank you guys yeah for sure guys we're human here we support you know we support animals we love animals i got a dog i'm sure panda's got a few over there yep. panda, what, what, what you got a dog too right i got two man oh, i got gosh. two big bernie's mountain dogs that's what they are i got yep. one mutt mountain dog and <laughs> lab <laughs> and uh two cats i think we, we kind of spoke about this before but um yeah, hold up. Back, back to Ronaldo. All right. Screw, screw. Yeah. We're going to get back on track here, guys. Um, Ronaldo. Okay, so NRG builds their brand on these pro players. Ronaldo leaves. I I just kind of feel like... So I, I feel like when you leverage your brand so heavily on the faces of these players, like, wouldn't you really 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 want to try your hardest like whatever it takes to keep someone especially like ronaldo man on brand like yeah. this kid is what i would say probably internationally recognizable at this point like he he's pretty famous i mean he literally won personality of the the award the the year in the competitive awards for fortnite right like that just tells you that the community looks at him as like the face of of content and kind of personality from from the pro scene right obviously you have like aussie antics and stuff doing like the youtube content and streams and whatnot but but ronaldo is like that face that personality in the space so for them to just let him go it, it's kind of interesting in the thought process there but i watched ronaldo's stream right because he immediately went live and he's like i'm telling everybody why i left oh and so he wasn't direct but he stated that they didn't support his content plans meaning that the NRG didn't want him to make a, or like he had this idea to have a content house with the players and, and there's a lot that they could have done. And, and he's like, NRG just wouldn't get behind it. And so I've decided to leave and do this on my own. Right. So Ronaldo has plans to do some big things on his own, where, whether it's a content house, et cetera. But he also hinted that part of the reason that he couldn't do it because he was scrolling through YouTube and he just kept hovering his mouse over Daquan and the Thuman house. And he just kept circling it. And he's mm. like, yeah, I mean, there's just reasons why I couldn't do this. And he just kept circling the Thuman stuff. So it's kind uh, of interesting. I was, was going to say, it, that is the literal reason why, right? There's one or yep. two things that Energy's looking at this as. Hey, we tried to do a content house with what was honestly the most anticipated influencers return of who knows the last couple years i'd say we haven't seen anyone yeah. make a return the way daquan and hamlins were doing um in the thume house it was a failure 
right? Energy, if I'm looking at it from a company perspective, they need to learn from their mistakes. Now, was the mistake in the fact that Hamlin's and Daquan don't have the work ethic? Was the mistake in the sense that they try to be very ambitious and build up totally unknown influencers from like zero following up? Was the mistake in maybe they just didn't plan far ahead enough, right? Maybe they should have yeah. just announced it as a seasonal content house. You know, there's a lot of different things here that I think on a strategy level were missed. I believe that Ronaldo in and house with his current up-to-date popularity, with his current, uh, you know, content schedule, uh, stream hustle, right? Community he's got can absolutely succeed. Um, whereas like Daquan and Hamlin's who don't have that live stream ambition, the hunger to do that. That's where they fell short in my opinion. Yeah, and, and I'll say this, man. It, it hurts the public opinion of Daquan and Hamlin's more than it does NRG, right? Obviously, it's hurting NRG's bank account. You already know it is. But Daquan and Hamlin's, it's it's hurting that, that public persona of, okay, so TSM gave them a shot. They ghosted, whatever. They had stuff going on, right? They come back in, in grand fashion, right? Hamlin streaming every night, Daquan a part of every YouTube video. Um, and then all of a sudden, without any communication, it's gone. And, and so you're like, okay, wait a minute. Is this, this, we, we know this now. It's not on the org. It's not the org's fault for not doing something, right? It's got to be the people that have been involved in two separate scenarios where they just continue to step away after what seems like getting a, a large sum of money to do a certain thing that they're just now not doing. Yeah, and I'm just browsing through their Twitter right now, like, or, or not Twitter, sorry, the YouTube content they were uploading. I mean, they were dropping shorts that were just, again, not really worked on or edited, like low effort film from phone short is the last thing they threw up. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, again, really trying to give them the benefit of doubt here because they had so much going for them. And I understand how hard it is to stay consistent with content and whatnot, but we're talking about a one month strong return, maybe two, and then just disappeared. Like, okay, so this was four months ago. So four months ago, they did it. 3.5 million view return. All of their videos, bangers, right? We're talking about, they have a half a million subs. Their, their views on the videos are reaching minimal 240k plus to about half yeah. a million that's an average of activating almost all the subscribers in your subscriber base that's huge right so for them to do that and then just stop like for two months they did it a couple videos a week and then completely stop i can only imagine that energy must have said hey this is not working it's not the numbers we expected maybe right maybe these couple hundred k views is not enough maybe they said hey we got to be reaching like this million mark you know, can we pump more content? And they were like, no, you know, like, are you going to pay us more? They probably didn't want to work harder or yeah. the passion wasn't there. I, I find it hard to believe that the passion wouldn't be there when you have young, hungry, up and coming people on the roster. I'm sure they were down, right. To really try to make the best of this and make it. Um, yeah. I think that they had to reach a viewer quota and they weren't. So they were asked to do mm. more. And then they said, nah, dog, we agree to this. Let's let's just go, right? Wherever it takes it, it takes it. So, and that's me using my real big brain, like, you know, how shisty can the business get when the when the words and you know what I mean? The deliverables have to be met for the sponsor. That's that's me kind of thinking on a business tip. I ha I have to believe that that's to me the more plausible reason. This probably didn't, you know, again, 
fall through the way they expected. Yeah, I mean, that actually makes a lot of sense now that you put it that way. That's how I see and, it, right? That's What, what yeah. other reason for them to disappear, not see anything, and like, come on, you're, you're telling me hungry new streamers on the come up, they're not going to put their all on the table here? I think the only other argument could be made that if Hamlins and Daquan decided to take a back seat, even no matter how hungry these other creators were, if they're not the face of the videos, NRG probably isn't happy, right? Because obviously they invested in Daquan and Hamlins and Daquan and Hamlins then took these friends of theirs and brought them in. So it wasn't like they just went out and picked small streamers. These were like all people that Hamlins and Daquan like directly, like directly vouched for. I don't know. Again, it's it's one of those situations. We'll never know the true story behind the scenes, but I definitely could see it being they just didn't hit a quota and uh, there's no compromise from that moment. Yeah, because I'm going like right now. Energy Sin is live right now as we are recording. You know, a little over 20 viewers here. Again, he's doing his work, though. He's active. His tweets look active. His whole social timeline is, you know, it's online. Uh, when, I, yeah. when I go to, you know, pretty much everyone else, there's not, it's not too much of that same effort being put forward. So it's pretty clear that some people were, you know, again, ready to hustle. But, you know, we're not, we're not seeing across the board. So that's kind of where we are with, again, the Thuman House. You take all those learnings as a company at NRG, you apply it to another creator of yours, Ronaldo here, that wants to do something similar, maybe his own take, and he's promising that he'll do it. And they're probably thinking, it's too soon. Like, we still have NRG here. We're still trying to bring back the Stuman house. You know what I mean? Their year's not up yeah. yet. You know, I'm thinking that they just don't want to have some of the same content living on the sphere, um, which I disagree with. I, I think they should have let Ronaldo do his thing, supported mm -hmm. him all the way and kept him he is undoubtedly too big to fail and the hunger that he has to create content you want to cultivate that you really want to you want to be behind that um do it, you do you surprising. see i was gonna say do you see ronaldo lean into another organization or do you see him i mean he's got he's got he's got to have money right so like we know he's yeah. got funds to do things on his own do you see him just building something again with some some strong minds right his own personal crew you know what would be the ideal world and the ideal answer to that is the only org that could step up and truly support Ronaldo in the way that he needs is 100 Thieves. Hands down, if if they gave Ronaldo the reins in, in, in content or like just imagine you have Savage, you have Arkham, you have Rex, like and then you just build up the roster a little bit for more like content focused stuff. And then you get Ronaldo's personality in the 100 Thieves house videos with courage and and Brooke AB, like, I could see so much potential there. But my thought is he won't sign to another org unless it is like 100 Thieves. And, and he'll take his own money and, and invest it. That's what I think will happen. Uh, either way, it's a missed opportunity for NRG. And it's a missed opportunity for any big orgs out there that don't give him a shot to, to accomplish what he wants to do. Because his work ethic is next to none. And, and it just, again, it blows my mind that they would invest in work ethic that they're not sure of versus work ethic that they know exists listen I, I i'm totally on board with you um i don't see 100 thieves picking up ronaldo i don't see phase doing it and i say this because he is so like i don't know man when when you are that attached to a brand do you really want to get someone that close i mean i guess i guess we see it in other titles yeah i take it back we seen it in Valorant. They, they they swap hands. We've seen it in uh, Overwatch with what's that guy's name? Sinatra, right? How, how he went from one 
popular team over to another. Like these people yeah. get traded regularly. Um, but I guess they're not afraid. They, they want they want what comes with these guys, the clout. Uh, and honestly, that that little bit of uh, it create a stir, right? Lee's yeah. energy joins phase or like whatever. Right? Yeah, create a stir. Yeah, I guess they do want that kind of impressions. Um, Eh, scratch what I said. I guess I could see him hopping around team to team. I loved him <laughs> on NRG, man. NRG just felt like the cool, the cool corner in the Fortnite space. I agree. It felt like the home. You know what I mean? It felt like the home of Fortnite content, right? Even the pro players on the team, like a Benji Fishy, like Clicks, like it, it felt like it was a good balance to to connecting with these creators. And then what Grady is doing, and then Aussie coming over. I think this month to America. And connecting with Grady and, and the content and stuff that they were potentially working on. I mean, there's a lot of potential on the table for NRG. It just uh it's a weird decision for me that Ronaldo leave or let Ronaldo leave, I should say. But you know what? Stuff happens in business. Again, it's one of those situations we'll never know behind the scenes what the deal was, but it is what it is. I mean, at this point, it's like most content machines now. Are, are just watching TV shows. Have you seen this? Oh, that, like, people just watching TV shows on stream now and then getting banned and then questioning why they got banned for watching TV shows. Uh, I have, like, I was thinking about this and I was, like, trying to come up with, like, a galaxy brain theory. I was thinking that this is all a ploy by Twitch. Like, Twitch is letting them get banned. That, that's what I was thinking. I yeah. was thinking Twitch is literally like, hey, we're going to choose you guys. You guys are going to do this on purpose. We're going to create buzz, and then we're going to ban you. But don't worry. We're going to let you back on. It's only going to be a 48-hour, like, whatever. There's, well, to disguise why else toast, they do it? He got banned for a month. You oh, see that? okay. All right. Maybe. All right. So Galaxy Brain Theory. <laughs> <laughs> Take that. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, okay. I'm Keep joking. this in mind, right? Hold on. I did uh, not know that. I thought, <laughs> I kid you not, I, I genuinely thought there was, like, some Illuminati stuff going on. <laughs> he gave that boy a month. Oh, yeah. No, that's wraps. No, but but here's the thing, right? So Pokimane and Hassan, I think they have Twitch deals, right? I know Pokimane does. I'm not sure about Hassan. And they both got banned for 48 hours. This guy's Toast does not have a Twitch deal. He came back from Facebook, if I'm not mistaken, yes. recently to Twitch. And, and he gets the month ban. So, I mean, listen, if you ever had questions of uh, uh, bias within Twitch... There's a perfect example of it, but I digress from that. It, it's just weird to me that streamers like uh, there's another streamer. Her name is the Dan Dangler, right? She she wasn't feeling well, quote unquote. So she decided to watch TV shows on stream and she got banned. And I, I'm going to pull up this tweet because it literally baffles me that anybody could have this mindset because realistically, it's not Twitch, right? Like Twitch didn't come up with DMCA. This is the law. Right. So here's the tweet. Um, she, the Dan Dangler says, got banned for watching Forged in Fire on stream. I have COVID and don't feel well enough to entertain. Twitch does absolutely nothing for sick days or time off. I have a $4,000 vet bill to pay when I pick River up. I'm so upset right now. I just want to cry in a ball. That's what she said. Now, wow. I don't know where the disconnect is, right? Like, I totally feel for her, the fact that she's got the vet bill and she's sick and stuff. But Twitch is, is a platform. You're a contractor. It's not, Twitch is not your employer. So why can you 
or why would you even think to sit there and say, hey, why don't I get sick days or time off? Any on top of that, right? You DMCA is the law. It it puts the the platform at jeopardy of losing the platform if they do not act when th this law is broken, right? Because these creators, like like the creators of Avatar, for example, because Pokemon was watching Avatar, they could hit Twitch with a massive lawsuit for them allowing her to watch it. So yes. There, there's so many intricacies in it, but when you have takes like the Dan Danglers, it's just, it's like, come on, guys, you know better. You know that you shouldn't be watching TV on stream. Literally, Amazon oh, has but, a. But I'm sick extension. with COVID. What do you mean? Is, can I have an oh, yeah. easy stream? What? <laughs> I can't, man. Well, listen, if you're going to do that, do the Amazon watch parties. But the problem with that, right? is if you do the Amazon watch parties, number one, the only people that can watch are people that have Amazon Prime. And number two, you can't accept any kind of, there's like no monetary gain that you can have when doing watch parties, I guess. So like you can't accept subs and donos and well, like you probably could accept donos, but you can't accept like bits and subs. So these, these oh, streamers wait, wait, are like, wait, wait. oh, well, so, I'm not going to do that. Hold up, hold up. So I just want to, so you can do a watch party with Amazon Prime and I'm assuming yeah. this is you picking a movie and, you know, the, the, you got to organize it, right? In, in some way, shape, or form. Yes. Dashboard. And then you cannot accept bits or prime. Yep. Like, or subs cannot, in general. No so you, subs, no bits. It's a basically... And no donations, no, I'm assuming. Like, you cannot generate revenue during the duration of that viewing segment. I imagine that you you, you shouldn't. But because the way that donations work, they're not built into the Twitch ecosystem. I don't think there's any way that they can control that other than like manual, manually reviewing your VODs and seeing if you took a donation during that time. Right. So um, it, it's one of those things. And again, the content that you watch through the watch party is only stuff that's on like the prime video section. So it's not like it's, it's not like this huge library of content, right? It, it's just what they have available on their platform. And again, you do it without any monetary gain. So obviously these streamers would rather go watch MasterChef on YouTube <laughs> and try to and try to make some money that way. And and surely enough, they probably did. They probably made a bag just sitting back watching MasterChef, Avatar, can, Naruto. Can I can I just say that the the ego behind these uh directors whoever owns the rights to these movies like you can't make money while you watch these well you think they're getting paid because your movie's so great they just want to throw extra dollars at the screen like is, yeah. is that what's going on here it's the same thing with music too it's like if i throw like juice world's new album in the background while i'm warming up in fortnite like i'm like i'm literally doing some kind of warm-up routine in Fortnite, and if i have it in the background you think that's what's got my viewers there no <laughs> i just want to listen to music while i warm up before i play a game do you know what i mean like it, it's the same mindset that these people are like they're money hungry they the the and the law is set in a way that will always give them the money they think they deserve so it's unfortunate the way that it's laid out but not much we can do yeah hey man this is uh it's the day we live in right you know times are changing things are getting crazy uh obviously this new streaming meta that we kind of labeled it here in our, our topic <laughs> list is uh is definitely an interesting one that play uh players um streamers content creators are taking this risk here and just i guess playing with fire man um but again 
what can you do, right? Like Twitch obviously cannot ban these guys. These are literally the biggest chunk percent of viewership and, and community uh, on the platform. So they're kind of untouchable. Uh, that's kind of that's, that's yeah. pretty much how I feel about it. Um, but a brand that's not untouchable is Endless because that was oh, an man. organization we once spoke about in the past before they uh, made their abrupt exit out of the scene. And it seems like the as fast as they left, they're returning in equal quick fashion. And this time it's it's completely different. Yeah, this is interesting. Um, obviously, if you, for those that don't know, Endless left stating they had internal issues and and didn't pay any of their players like it was this whole big thing when it happened now it looks like somebody basically bought the endless brand and they've decided that even though it was an esports brand before they're just essentially buying the socials with 50 60,000 uh, followers and creating a new uh like TikTok house essentially called the Hustle House LA and so that is what endless is now it's not even like a Fortnite organization it's literally some kind of like content house uh, that, but, but, that but it. their original return tweets was like, Hey, we're on the construction, right? They're creating all this buzz. They're like, we're, yeah. and, and a part of that is we're looking forward to, you know, releasing our new competitive roster. They said nothing about the content, the lifestyle, whatever stuff that they were working on. And then their following tweet is a video on straight up white boy, TikTok influencers, <laughs> like, like the most cliche, Blondie thing, you know, kids they could have found, uh, you know, taking shots of uh, cheap Tito's tequila or whatever, right? Like, just trying to be cool. Yeah. They're pushing this whole party lifestyle onto uh, their following, which I get, right? Yeah, it's you, you have a young demographic, but come on, dude. You know, be leaders in the space. But anyways, neither here nor there. That was what the trailer consisted of. So they talked about bringing back comp. They come out with this whole crazy left turn uh, TikTok angle approach, uh, you know, influencer hype house thing. And uh, the community is on fire about it. Uh, you have other uh, representatives and CEOs flaming them on the timeline, uh, just oh, outright, yeah. outright dissing the project, outright saying, like, what is this all about? You have ex professional players like Day talking about, dude, endless, you guys owe me money. Like, what is all this? You know, y'all talk about you got money for a house now. Wait, what about the money you owe me from when I was being a pro player on your brand? So, um, I mean, it's it's a whole lot of controversy. I can't imagine that someone actually bought this brand. If I had to guess, it's they didn't sell the brand. There's no way. It's the same guys. They're they're just trying to act like it's different, right? Like, because there's just no way anyone would pick up a brand with that much baggage unless you really want the numbers that bad, I guess. Well, it seems like the new ownership is pretty disconnected, right? Like, obviously, you have to have, like, some idea of what happened when you're buying an org and you try to do any kind of research. But I don't think they realized the bad taste that Endless left when they disconnected from the space. And now they've come in and, in my opinion, done what you, like, literally the absolute worst thing you could have done is announce a, a hype house 6.0 because you know this content tiktok content house has been done time and time again so why do you think investing essentially in a a dead ip will will get you the engagement and the growth for a, a this house like it just doesn't it makes no sense to me in my business mind right 
But at the same time, you got to remember a lot of this this audience and, and this space is young and, and maybe they just don't have the business acumen that Monster and I would have. I mean, listen, I'll be honest. You know, the internet has a short attention span and memory for what it's worth. Like people True. genuinely just forget, you know, and, and maybe they just think, hey, we can just pick this up and, and continue to go. Um, Just talking about like houses, hype houses, and, and just any of these kind of content-driven houses. We've seen it with KNG, pretty much a failure. Uh, we saw it with TNA. Eh, not necessarily a huge success. I wouldn't call it a failure. They, they found some success in doing it uh, in the sense that at least, you know, people, you know, sort of look forward to the house. I don't think people, you know, the numbers are there, quite, quite there. I mean, looking at their YouTube channel, the numbers really aren't quite there. Um, yeah. But again, these are risk versus reward type situations, but those are just two quick esports organizations that come off the top of the mind um, that have tried this and have failed. There are so many more, right, that, that try to do these content houses um, and definitely fall short of the mark, at least when it comes down to trying to drive big viewership, big numbers, because that's what most of these guys do. They want to appeal with the big numbers and hopefully draw in the sponsors. That's the only way it's going to get paid for. Um, otherwise, you're literally shoveling money into the fireplace of the house you bought uh or renting for that matter so it, yeah. it's, it's like one of those things um but who knows maybe maybe they just offset the cost say hey listen while you're here since we're giving you a place to live you know your salary we're gonna bring it way on down we're gonna sell merch and we're gonna do this i i can see easy ways to kind of break even get across the board here uh, you know cross the finish line without necessarily blowing it but still not 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 the biggest power move if you ask me yeah i agree i mean it's just one of those weird things that that's happening in the space right with these organizations whether it's like selling selling their brand right to someone else uh or selling nfts right like i feel like my timeline is literally orgs returning because endless just returned and now vanish i saw today is coming back wait really vanish vanish yeah oh gosh hold up opening so, twitter yeah so supposedly um max max if you don't know is the ceo of vanish and he has been kind of tweeting for a couple weeks now saying that he's looking to bring back vanish the org and um it looks like he's ready to put his all into it and, and he says that in the past he he kind of just gave it 20 to 50 percent when he even at his peak and now he's ready to give it 100 percent. so it'll be interesting to see what he can do and if he can accomplish those things. But again, it really boils down to like, you have to be passionate about it. You have to put in that work and, and, and have that work ethic. Otherwise, you're just going to end up flopping. Okay. I see the last, the last, you know, I guess closing sentence here, the sentiment being, hey, the goal is not to make money or gain followers, but to help every creator and player we see fit to help boost their career, push them to the next level, not only with their, uh, with their editing, little typo here, but uh also their graphics small expenses be covered and uh, they will be mentored by people who have been working in this in industry for nearly four years now so i want you guys to all know four years is nothing i spent my first four years in this industry just mindlessly streaming uh i'll tell yeah. you it took about uh six or seven before things really started to click for me uh granted we all don't have the same path but people four years in the industry sounds like i know he's trying to jazz it up to make it sound great but this is he still probably needs a little more uh, as far as experience to really help these guys make it to that next threshold. But who knows? Yeah. Maybe they have some young prodigies on their team that are just 
incredible at what they do. Uh, I, I, I think Vanish has potential, um, mainly because, you know, they did a good job while they were here, like moving at I agree. 50% capacity, if you will, right? Like, like not necessarily going all in. Um, they had nothing but, I'd say, successful uh, success within Fortnite, right? You know, they have Vanish, Kaz. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that I can't even remember that it was Vanish, Kaz, in my opinion, proves that the name itself holds some legs. I think the brand sounds cool. I think it's cool enough for to, to leave an impression. And for that, I think there's there's a potential here with them. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think um, it, this is not an endless situation where they came back and with bad sentiment. Like, they're coming back and they have a solid brand. So I think they just kind of... They never, I don't think like properly exited either they weren't just like hey we're gone they just kind of like stopped for a little bit and now they're fully back it'll be interesting to see what they do in that regard but man look we we got to talk about it even if we don't talk about it for long the these orgs that aren't endless and vanish right you you think that's crazy orgs in the fortnite space are now buying into the nfts and now to be clear nfts Non-fungible tokens are are an exceptional concept in, in the way that the blockchain works. Like there's so much potential in the NFT space. But org owners, not necessarily using their org to do it, but like using their influence as much as they can around them, have created some NFT projects. One of them being MTG, which is actually TNA Kirsch and KNG, the Fortnite guy what a weird partnership in my opinion, but <laughs> they came together to create this NFT project and it's actually pretty successful and, and they're boasting a lot of cool things. So there could be some potential there, but then on the flip side of that, um, OA, um, Poli, who is a, an exceptional CEO, an exceptional guy. He seems to have gotten into another project that called the gaming ape club. That doesn't seem to have a lot of legs or, or like social presence. This looks like it could be a project that could be dangerous for the space um, just because it could be one of those, like, the, if you have the wrong people behind the scenes and the wrong intentions, like, it could just not work out. Not Again, only that, I, I'm literally, I just brought up the logo, not gonna lie, mm-hmm. looks pretty much like stolen art. Uh, but, yeah. you know, that, that, that immediate red flag if I had to have one. Uh, yeah. yeah, you know, I like Poli, love my boy OA Justin and, and the things they do over there. This one, yeah, I don't know. I get it. There's a lot of money to be had here, guys, on NFTs. Let me explain why it would be in someone's interest because it could be very lucrative. And this is how, on a surface level, you create an NFT, right? The, the, the real money doesn't come from the initial sale. It comes from if whether or not the community stays active enough and continues to trade within one another because yeah. they basically earn in perpetuity, a limited royalties behind every transaction. So, like ten percent, and it's is, a fa- is the way exactly. That it's it is a fair amount of percentage of every transaction. So, um, you create an ecosystem of ten thousand tradable uh, art pieces or items, if you want to call them that. And the more they move, your money just bankrolls up. And you're not doing a damn thing other than hiring that artist, which is probably getting paid a one-time fee. So think about it. You invest 5K, 10K. If that, you get this dope art to come out because of the creativeness of the artist that you're working with. And then you pump it to the community. They trade it and you make money indefinitely if it's a success. Um, and even yeah. if it isn't, that initial sale 
all of that just again out the gate this is huge money we're talking about here and this is why it's uh you know it's got people licking their lips that have a little bit of money to kind of mess with and they're trying to jump into these projects for as low as possible as cheap as possible and get this stuff trading um same thing for curse same thing for you know uh, uh the fortnite guy michael who who runs team kng right like it's it's definitely a ploy to build tons of revenue but if you can make a good project and do something stand up in the process and i'm sure you know that's a that's a, a win across the books i mean i hit yeah. up kirsch when he did the whole mcg thing and i was like yo bro i don't really know too much about this but how do i own one of these i know this is gonna pretty much increase in value i was like i'm pretty sure i can make a quick buck on these things um i never did end up buying it because i was just like yeah whatever you know like i'm still watching the nft space and i'm you know i'm not yeah. hungry for you know a quick thousand dollar flip but um it was definitely tempting. I will say, look, I, I've been, I've, uh, my investment portfolio has included NFT since early last year. I'll say that. And NFTs are, are a really cool concept. I think the future is really bright with it, with the blockchain and the, the metaverse. The future and is absolutely in the NFT and crypto space. Uh, mm -hmm. A billion percent. In virtual reality as well. Like a billion yeah. percent. And so it, 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 it's the other projects that aren't necessarily there for the right reasons that make that make me concerned that it could affect the overall space. No matter what, the future, like 10 years from now, you will see NFTs like we saw Bitcoin in 2008 when Bitcoin was like a dollar, right? Or $2. And now we see Bitcoin priced at $41,000, I think, as of this morning. Not bad. So <laughs> NFTs, like this is only like, a tenth of the true value we're going to see out of these projects but this is the and this is the props that i will give to kirsch and the fortnite guy and i don't give the fortnite guy props very often um mtg does seem to want to continue to build up their community and do pretty cool things behind the scenes so if they if they actually are like sticking to their word i could see that being a cool project but again NFTs are such a tough space to get into. And when you have a crowd like a Fortnite, like a Fortnite community that is younger, they're just not as knowledgeable and could end up making some big mistakes. Hey, and listen, I'm I'm like, I know I'm giving the NFT space uh, a hard time because there are so many scam and flop projects. But like mm -hmm. Panda said, what Kirsch and Michael are doing in the NFT space with their personal project, it is admirable. They've done an exceptional job building up a massive following through, uh, you know, hyping up the artwork, hyping up the opportunity to get involved, uh, giving away tons of, again, just giving away tons of these NFT products. So their following is based off of, you know, again, these giveaways and, and what they've kind of built from the ground up. So it's all very much legit. It is all very much um, a hyped up project right now. And Honestly, they did a great job with like the the art that they they're kind of working on, and they're working towards building their own game, which is kind of cool. I think in a week they kind of said a week things are going to change. That was uh, about thirty minutes ago, so I think they're going to release like I'm thinking of uh, like a two D style um, Street Fighter type simulation, just again as a a proposal that you can use your quote unquote NFT to get involved and kind of play with your character because they're trying to build their own little metaverse so just cool stuff there yeah. we'll get too deep into like what you can do with nfts but just know guys if you're you know you've been kind of shoving off the topic the idea you hear it too much you know it's all smoke and mirrors to you i mean take a deeper look it's definitely gonna be something that's gonna be around for a while so 
you might as well educate yourself. Yeah, I mean, look, I agree. And, and I, I share that same sentiment. Look, the best advice I could give anybody in the community that is interested in NFTs, do research and do several hours worth of research and do your own research. Do not trust other individuals um, in the space that are like promoting something. That's not the way to go. You want to do research on an individual project like CryptoPunks or, or things like that. And then from there, make an educated decision based on what you feel is right and invest. But again, never invest money that you're not ready and willing to lose. To lose, yes. You don't, you just don't do it, guys. All right, don't stress yourself out. Um, hey, man, but it looks like we've had quite an episode today. I, I, think, I, think we're, I think we're good to start coming to a closer here, Panda. Um, let's let the people at home know where they can find you, my brother. Absolutely, man. You find me on Twitter, LifeWPanda. Streams coming back. Um, this is the 12th that we're recording this, 12th of January. They're coming back the 20th of January. So make sure to stay tuned. I got some cool stuff coming from the stream room. So I'm excited about that. Um, but yeah, man, that's where you can find me for now. Thank you guys so much for supporting the channel or supporting the podcast. It really means a lot to both monster and I like the, when we get to look at those numbers and be like, wow, this many people engage with what we have to say. It's pretty, it's pretty special. Yeah. It's awesome guys. Thank you all for supporting us as always. Send your complaints to myself at the Fortnite podcast, gmail.com, or you can holler at me. And Monster D face across all social channels and avenues. Uh, speaking about content and stuff, I bought a virtual reality thing. I'm definitely looking to get involved. I got hey. a 16 foot cable coming in. Um, I found <laughs> this dope game that I'm able to sit down and do graffiti in my own little hub. And I've been loving it the last two days. And we're going to go ahead and do some graffiti in the virtual world. So you'll see some cool stuff from me. Probably toss some stuff up on, on Insta and whatnot. I don't really use the platform, but it looks like a good place to house the content. Uh, either way, guys, I'll see y'all on the next episode. So don't forget to dance out those kills and boast in those victory royales.